But today we start a brand new series, and it's called Upgrade. And uh, what this is all about, this series, it's all about uh, upgrading our faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, we come to church because we believe in a God, and we believe that God is represented through the Father, the Son, who is Jesus Christ. And then last week we talked about the Holy Spirit. And we come here on a Sunday morning because we believe that as people who believe in God, we come to worship a God. And then we also come to gather together um, in community with each other. And we also come to study God's word as well. And uh, we can get to a point in our lives where, where we are doing everything right. We're coming to church, we may be reading our Bible, we're praying, you know, we've got good Christian friends, uh, we're not doing things that we maybe shouldn't be doing. But there comes a point in our lives when sometimes we just need an upgrade. And I'll give a quick example. In my hand here, I have, which was the coolest phone two years ago. It was a Palm Pre. Um, well, maybe it wasn't the coolest. The iPhone was the coolest, but I have a problem with, uh, with, with uh, Apple and Macs and I'm like, some of you are like slowly transitioning me to like Macs and stuff. So I didn't want to get an iPhone and I don't like AT&T either. But I got the coolest phone ever. It was a Palm Pre two years ago. It was like the latest thing. When I got it, we could just do so much. I'm like, wow, not only could I like check my email, not only could I like surf the web, but there was like loads of other stuff. I'm like, I like blog and I could blog from my phone. Um, I could check how my, you know, how I, my gas was uh, in my car was doing, how much miles per gallon. I mean, I could just do everything with this phone. And then it started to like deteriorate, like some of the buttons fell off and um, there was a few scratches here and there. Then Easter Sunday, 2011, we, we finish church and we go to get something to eat. And I start to look at my phone and my phone's not working. And it's a touch screen and suddenly there was all these like cracks that started to appear. And over the course of the next 24 hours, it was a little crack and it just cracked, the whole screen just cracked. And because it was Easter Sunday, uh, I, I, I went to, uh, we had Sprint at the time, I went to the Sprint store. It was closed. I'm like, who closes on Easter Sunday? I'm like, ah, and... And then I realized, wow, we really should be closing on Easter Sunday, you know. So I was like panicking because I didn't have a phone for, for like a few days. Well, in the end, I decided, okay, I'm going to need to upgrade my phone because it's not working. So I got a brand new phone. It's a little bigger, and, but it's a whole lot cooler. Um, and uh, I can do a whole lot more with it. And this phone was like the best phone I thought that I'd ever owned. Nothing could beat it. It was new. It was great. And it, was, it did everything I wanted it to do. Two years later, this phone, I thought, was just, just a bunch of junk. It couldn't now do what I wanted it to do. I wanted it to do more. And it couldn't do it. So I had to upgrade my phone. Now, how many of you have upgraded your phone in the last year or so? How many of you have still got like those flip phones? Just before we go any further, get a new phone. I mean, I, it will change your life. Trust me, it will change your life forever. But I had to get an upgrade. And many of you, you've got new phones because you've wanted to upgrade. But everybody loves an upgrade, right? We all love to upgrade. When you're traveling, say some of you, you're going on vacation this year, and you may go to the airport, and suddenly they upgrade you to first class. Who doesn't want to be upgraded to business class or first class? We all love an upgrade. Maybe you go to rent a car and uh, you go to the rental place and they say, hey, how about upgrading to this nice, shiny, red convertible Mustang for like 10 bucks more? And everybody's going to go, yeah, let's do it. 
Because everybody loves an upgrade. For those of you who have got older computers and you use your computer all the time, maybe that computer was the best thing that you had ever had a few years ago, but now that computer is slow, it's old, and you just want to throw it out of the window. Because now it is not doing what you want it to do. Because it needs an upgrade. Some of you, you're driving old cars and you've been like going down Route 1 and you've been looking at Jones and then Ford and then Honda and you keep looking and you're thinking, I want a brand new car because I want to upgrade my car because my car is falling to bits. We all like an upgrade. And maybe some of you are looking at a new home. Maybe you moved into a home and you were so excited when you went to settlement and you signed those papers and... A few years later and a few kids later and a few dogs and a few cats later, you realize that home is now no longer what it once was to you. You need to upgrade. Our world's constantly changing. And what once was exciting, what once was shiny, what once was new and the greatest thing that you may have ever seen now seems dull, it seems old, it seems boring, it even may be broken like my palm puree. You know, time takes its toll on things. And the more we use something, the closer we get to needing an upgrade. And when it comes to our faith in Jesus Christ, we're no different. At one point, something that may have been so incredible and great for you. Maybe at one point, you were so excited about going to church. Maybe at one point, you got up every morning and you opened your Bible and you prayed. Maybe you, you volunteered for every single ministry that there was out there. Maybe you decided that you wanted to just tell everybody about what God had done in your life. Or you saw people on the streets of Baltimore or homeless and your heart just went out to them. But now, a few years later, you've got to a point where what was new and exciting now has just become average and ordinary. Just like a computer. After a few years of many downloads, lots of programs added On your hard drive, what was once new and fast and great has now become old and ordinary. And if that's you today, then you need a spiritual upgrade. You need an upgrade in your faith. And over the next three weeks, we're going to look at a little book in the New Testament. And this, week, this series is going to be only a three-week series. But it was, it was a book called the Book of Colossians. And what it was, it was the uh, Apostle Paul, who was this apostle who, uh, who uh, basically oversaw all these many churches in a place called Asia Minor and throughout Europe, which is like modern-day Turkey. And he would write these letters, and he would go to these churches, and he would meet with these people. And he wrote this letter to this, this little church in a city called Colossae. And these people in this, in this little church, they were great Christians. You know, Jesus once was asked, he says, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. The greatest commandment. Well, we're going to see that these Colossians were obeying this greatest commandment. These people uh, in, in this church in Colossae, they loved God with everything. God had changed their lives. They didn't stop going to church. They were still involved in things. They loved God. And then the Bible also tells us, and we'll see, that they also loved each other. And they loved others and people who weren't part of their church. They loved their community. They had a love for everybody. So they were obeying the greatest commandments. However, Paul realized that these Christians had got to a point where they realized that their lives now needed more. 
needing more than just loving God and loving others. And sometimes our lives need more than just us loving God and loving others. Sometimes we need a spiritual upgrade. Their faith had become stagnant. They had become very uh, stagnant in, in what they were doing. But now they needed to push on. So let's take a look. So if you've got your Bibles this morning, if you want to turn to the book of Colossians. The book of Colossians. And Colossians, it's easy. You go past the Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then you go to uh, uh, the, the book of Acts and the book of Romans. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Ephesians, Galatians, Philippians, then Colossians. You impressed? That's pretty good, right? You know? I don't think I can go any further. But, um, but anyway, in Colossians chapter 1, it says this. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of, apostle of Jesus Christ. And from, our, my, from, and from our brother Timothy. Just let me, Timothy was actually a pastor. He was a young pastor in a city uh, um, called Ephesus, which was another part of modern day Turkey. And it says, we are writing to God's holy people in the city of Colossae, who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. May God our Father give you grace and peace. Then he says, we always pray for you and we give thanks to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and your love for all of God's people. So there we go. They have faith in God and they love God's people. Then he says, which comes from the confident hope which God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. The same good news that came to you. And change their lives is also going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learn the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant and he is helping us on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. So there's the baseline. These Christians are good Christians. They're not bad people. They're good people. They're people who love God. They're people who who have a passion for God and a passion for other people. But yet, the Apostle Paul saw that they needed more. And this morning, what I want us to do, I want to just highlight how the Apostle Paul told these uh, these, uh, uh, Christians uh, at this church in Colossae how they needed more and what they needed to do. So the first thing that we see this morning is that the Apostle Paul told them that they needed to be fruit producers. Fruit producers. Let's take a look. In uh, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9, he says this. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. So Paul is now praying that these people have knowledge That these people have wisdom and they also have understanding. Then he says, then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will always produce, and here it is, every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. So Paul told these people, he says, you need to be people who produce Every kind of good fruit. Every kind of good fruit. Who likes fruit here today? Good. My, this is just by the way. I was in the grocery store the other day. And Raquel 
we're, we're buying fruits. And she goes for all these like tropical and exotic fruits. And I'm like, what is the deal with you with your like mangoes and uh, everything else? I don't know, passion fruit, whatever. She says, well, I'm from a tropical place. And so I like tropical things. I'm like, are you serious? And she was like, honestly, honestly, because I'm from a tropical place. And I was like, I thought it was funny anyway. But anyway, it just made me, made me the way she thinks. Anyway, so the first thing we see that Paul told them they need to be fruit producers. And the first thing is that an upgraded disciple of Jesus Christ, an upgraded follower of Jesus Christ, is someone who produces every good fruit. Now, if you've got an apple tree, an apple tree will produce apples, we hope. An orange tree will produce oranges. A pear tree will produce pears. But these trees, they only produce one kind of fruit. But now Paul is saying, he's saying to these people, I don't want you just to produce one kind of fruit. I want you to produce every kind of good fruit. Now, how incredible would it be if you had a tree and it started producing apples and pears and oranges? I mean, science would just, you know, would love you. And like, how, how did you produce this tree? I mean, people would probably pay you a lot of money how to produce a tree with multiple fruits. You can't because it's impossible. But yet the Apostle Paul is saying to these people, you can't just produce one kind of fruit. You must produce multiple kinds of fruit. Now you may be asking, well, what are you talking about fruit? Are you talking about apples and pears and oranges? I'm like, no. If you want to turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And we went through some of this last week. But I want to refer to you a, a, a verse. And it's verse 22. 22 and 23. It says this. It says, the, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And this is the fruit that it produces. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let's read that again. Lo- love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is what we call the fruit of the Spirit. And this is the fruit that the Apostle Paul is referring to, to these people in this city of Colossae. He is saying, I want you now, not just to love God and love others. That's great. Well done. But now, as people, you need to move on and you need to start producing this fruit. You need to people who love, and you are people who love, but now you need to find joy and peace and patience and goodness and kindness and gentleness, and you need to be a people of self-control. That is somebody who is a fruit producer. Not somebody who just produces love and they're joyful. Not someone who is just patient and may have a little bit of self-control. But a fruit producer or somebody who is an upgraded disciple of Jesus Christ is someone who is constantly producing all of these fruits. Now question, how many of you, don't raise your hands, how many of you are producing all these fruits? How many of you are people who are really loving? How many of you are people who are joyful or patient or kind or good or gentle or faithful? Or have self-control. I guarantee most of us, we're probably missing a few fruits that we should be bearing. 
But what happens is when you start to place God in your heart and God becomes so, um, so integrated in your heart and you start living a life that is so full of God, then what happens is these fruits start to bear. And like you've got an apple tree, that when it started, roots start to go down into the ground, and then the sun comes and, it start, and then, then it rains and it gets watered, suddenly it starts to produce this fruit. And when you start living a life that honors God and loves God, then the result is that this fruit starts to be produced in your life. And when we talk about people who have got changed lives, it's people who start producing this fruit in their life. So when you really allow the Holy Spirit full, complete control of your life, this is what happens. He starts to give you wisdom and understanding and knowledge into the things of God. And when that happens, this fruit is the result. And it all starts with a seeking God. And let me tell you something today. Just because you find God doesn't mean that you know God. There's lots of people who find God and give their lives to God, but they don't know God. When you find God, God gives you the opportunity to know Him. And it's by taking that opportunity to know Him that you start to gain insight and wisdom and understanding into the things of God. And when that happens, then you start bearing fruit. Just because you find God, just because you may give your life to God, does not mean that that fruit starts to produce It's only when you start to know God and gain understanding in God and start seeking God, then that fruit starts to produce. So these Colossians needed to be fruit producers. We also see that the Apostle Paul tells these Colossians that they need to be patient waiters. Patient waiters. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 11 to 14, it says this. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all His glorious power so you will have... And get this, the endurance and the patience that you need. May you be filled with joy. Always thanking the Father, He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to His people who live in the light. For He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. And then in verse 23 of chapter 1, it says, But you must continue to believe this truth And stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you first heard the good news. Paul here is saying to these Colossians, he's saying, first you must be people who endure, who have endurance. Next you must be people who have patience. And then thirdly, you must be people who stay and do not drift away. Don't drift away from God. And it is so easily done in in this day and age. We live in the United States of America. And when I first came to America, my eyes were wide open. I was like, okay, I've seen drive through McDonald's. We have those in the UK. But then drive through Dairy Queens, I'm like, that's a little strange. Then I started seeing drive through banks and drive through ATMs. I was like, wow, these people like their vehicles and don't like to get out of their vehicles. And then I went to the pharmacy. First time I went into the pharmacy, I pulled up. And I was going to pick up a, 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 a prescription. And my wife, Raquel, turns to me. She goes, what are you doing? She goes, just pull around the other side and drive. I'm like, a drive through pharmacy. Okay, are you serious? I could not believe it. But then the more I started getting accustomed to American culture, the more I realized that we are people who want things straight away. We want it now. We do not want to wait. 
Americans do not like to stand in line at all. We like to things instantly. We have instant this and instant that. And for us Christians, that's hard. Because we're used to a culture where everything is instant. But we serve a God who is a God who is patient. Who is a God who makes us wait. Who is a God who doesn't just do something when we tell him to do it. Often we have to wait. And sometimes we have to wait years and years and years for what God has for us. And that is hard. And these Colossians were exactly the same. There were people who wanted things now, but Paul says, no, you must be people who need to be patient and you need to endure. You know, the upgraded disciple of Jesus Christ, someone who has gone to another level in their faith, is somebody who stays in the game no matter how much they're getting beaten up. You know, I often watch the Orioles, and I kind of wish I don't watch the Orioles, but I do. And you can see when they're in the game, when they're kind of level or they're winning, they're playing right through that ninth inning. But if they're like five down and it's got to the seventh inning, I don't know what happens with them. But something happens, they just like get up to bat and they just fly ball out constantly. And they, it's like they give up. And, and, and you see it in sports and you see it in life. You see that people, when they're down, they want to just give up and they want to quit. And I've been in that situation in my life before. When I'm down, I just want to quit. I want to just out. I don't want to be in this game anymore. I want to quit. But the upgraded disciple of Jesus Christ is someone who endures and stays in the game. In James chapter 1 and verse 2. It says this. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when you have endurance, and when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Perfect and complete, needing nothing. Sometimes we go through things in our life and God doesn't give it to us straight away. And the reason is, it's because God is wanting to test our faith. And by testing our faith, he is enabling the characteristic of endurance just to grow in our lives. And when we become people who endure, we become people who will eventually get to where we're going. One of the things that I would hate to do in my life is run a marathon. I'm like, okay, I'll run a 5K, but a marathon, no way. And kudos to you people who run marathons. But there's one thing about a marathon that I do know is that you get to, I don't know what mile it is, but you get to a place where they say you hit the wall and you just want to give up and you just want to die. You just want to like, take me now, chop my legs off or something. But they always say, if you can get through that wall, then you will get to the end. If you will just stay and keep going and keep running, you will get to the end. And that is the same way in our faith. Sometimes we get to a point where we hit a wall and we just want to give up because it's too hard. Life becomes too difficult. But the Apostle Paul is telling these these Christians at Colossae, he's saying, be people who endure. Because when you endure, then your faith grows. And when your faith grows, then you start to see God in a whole new way. And when you see God in a whole new way, you become perfect and pure and great in the sight of God. And maybe God isn't answering your prayers at the moment because he is making you become a patient waiter. You know, this morning when you drove in 
to, to, to church. You've got gas in your car. Some of you, you're probably like, like on the red and because, you know, you like go like five bucks at a time and you hardly put anything. Some of you have got a whole lot of gas. And some of your vehicles, and I've seen some of the vehicles out there, some of your vehicles, you're probably spending over 100 bucks trying to like fill up your tank. And, uh, and, and there's a whole lot of gas in there. But that gas did not just get created in a factory two weeks ago. That gas was not something that you just go to the store and somebody has made. It hasn't got like made in China on there or something like that. Actually, that gas was something that was formed thousands upon thousands of years ago. And that gas has taken all these years just pressure and compression. And it has been underground and it has been enduring in order to be formed into what we need it to be. It took years and years. And maybe as it's taken years and years for gas to be formed, maybe it's going to take years and years for you to be formed into what God has for you. You ladies, you may have diamonds on on, on your finger. And that diamond was not created quickly. That diamond was created over thousands upon thousands of years underground of pressure and compression. Maybe you've got a pellet stove or you, you, you put coal in, 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 uh, in your fireplace. That was not created overnight. That took years and years to be formed. And often the most precious things in our lives and the most valuable things are often the ones that take the longest to be made and molded. And maybe God's doing that in your life. Maybe God is making you into somebody or something that just gleamed like a diamond. But it doesn't happen overnight. It takes endurance. And it takes patience. Somebody who has endurance is somebody who does this. Somebody who, in the morning, they're in bed. Everything, their body is just screaming at them saying, stay in bed, you deserve it. But the person with endurance decides, no. I have responsibilities I've got a life to live. I'm going to get up and do it. And in our faith, the person who has endurance in faith is the one who gets knocked down time and time again. But they are the one that decides, I don't care how many times I get knocked down. I don't know, matter how many times I just want to quit and give up. They're the ones that get up time and time and time again to the point where endurance is just built in their life. And when endurance is built in their life, their faith is made perfect. Maybe that's you today. Final thing today, very quickly. The Apostle Paul tells these people not just to be fruit producers, not just to be patient waiters, but he also tells them to be message tellers. Message tellers. Colossians chapter 1 verse 24 says this. I am glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I am participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue for his body, the church. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church By proclaiming his entire message to you. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past. But now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and the glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives us the assurance of sharing in his glory. Then this. He says, so we, Paul and Timothy are talking, so we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom that God has given us. He says, so we tell others about Christ, 
with all the wisdom God has given us. The final characteristic of somebody who has upgraded their faith in Jesus Christ is this. They are someone who tells everyone that they know about what God has done in their lives. They are not afraid to go out and tell people what God has done in their lives. We see here that God had given Paul wisdom. So Paul just didn't sit on, his, on that wisdom, sit on a stool and think, hmm, I'm a wise guy. Instead, Paul went and told everybody the wisdom that God had given him. And in the same way, God has maybe given you something. Maybe God has changed your life. Maybe God has turned your life around. Maybe God has given you just a gift of of hospitality or or a gift of service. Maybe God has given you this and given you this. And God has given you gifts. And God has done things in your life. And your responsibility is this. To go and tell other people what God has done in your life. Not to tell tell people what God has done in other people's lives. But to tell people what God has done in your life. God hasn't called you to be, well maybe he has, but most of us, God hasn't called you to be a preacher. God hasn't called you to be evangelist. I'm sure most of us aren't Billy Graham. God hasn't called us to do that. What God has called you to do is this. He said to his disciples as he went into heaven, he says, Now, I want you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in the region of Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. And what God has called you to be is a witness for what he has done in your life. If you go to a court of law, you've got a judge, you've got lawyers, you've got a jury, and then you've got witnesses. And what the witnesses do, it is not their job to convince others if somebody is guilty or not guilty. It is not their job to pass judgment on others. But it is their job to tell others their side of the story. What has happened in their life? What do they know? And in the same way, God has given you things. He has changed your life. He has come into your life and done things in your life. And the upgraded disciple of Jesus Christ is one who goes and tells others about what God has done in your life. Nothing more, nothing less. For Paul, it was wisdom. What is it for you? Finally, as we close, Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 12. It says, Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. Then he says this, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Then this is the challenge. But how can they call on, the, on him? How can they call on God or Jesus to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anybody tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from hearing. And that is hearing the good news of God. Paul there wrote to a church in, 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 in the city of Rome. And he says to them, he says that, It is only by people hearing the good news of Jesus Christ that they will be able to find faith in Jesus Christ. And it is only if somebody goes and tells them. 
And it is our responsibility. Or I should say the upgraded disciple of Jesus Christ knows it is their responsibility to tell the people that they know about what God has done in their life. What God has done in their life. So this morning for some of you, you may only need a small upgrade. You may need just some tweaking here and there. For some of you, you may need like just a major reinstall. And something that's just totally new. Some of you, you may be showing some of, the, some of the fruit, but you're not showing all the fruit. Some of you, you may be showing fruit, but you're not patient or you don't have endurance. Some of you, you may have patience and endurance, but it's been a very long time since you've told somebody about what God has done in your life. Some of you, you may have not a problem about telling people and you tell everybody about what God has done in your life. But when they start to look at your life, they realize that the message that that you tell isn't the same as the fruit that you're producing in your life. I'm sure all of us this morning, we need an upgrade. And at the end of the day, none of us are perfect. But in fact, God is constantly perfecting us. And God is taking us to new places in Him, new levels in Him. He He is making our faith greater and greater. And so today, I want to ask you, how do you need upgrading?